Welcome to another powerful teaching from Exodus Global. As a ministry, we are committed to inspiring a generation to develop a closer work with God. We urge that you pay attention to all that will be taught and see to it that you apply them. Let's dive right into the Word. Welcome to another brand new episode of Strengthening Devotional. I trust last week's devotional was a great blessing to you. That's of course if you've listened to it, but if you've not, please go back to our Telegram page and listen to that devotional it's going to bless you a great deal but just for recap in last week's devotional we learned on the three stages of spiritual maturity or what i refer to as the three major stages of spiritual maturity and then we looked at the first which is the babyhood stage of spiritual maturity and then number two is the childhood stage of spiritual maturity and then we have the third stage which is the adulthood stage of spiritual maturity now i'm sure that there is a possibility that for some of us who have listened to that teaching are probably wondering that um when we say the childhood stage of spiritual maturity does it mean that you can outgrow your place as a child of god so it means that you can now become like adult of god i don't know if that makes some sense right so you know it's possible that you can be confused and then you're thinking if I'm at the Bible stage of spiritual maturity, maybe I just got born again. Does that mean I'm not a child of God? Is it until I am in the childhood stage of spiritual maturity that means I'm a child of God? All right. And then if I'm at the adult stage of spiritual maturity, does it mean that I'm no longer a child of God and I've, you know, matured into a higher realm or a higher class <laughs> where it has to do with my relationship with God? Okay. So let me just explain that. Now, whether you're at the babyhood stage or you're at the childhood stage or you're at the adulthood stage you are still a child of god so if you got born again today you are not less of a child of god than someone who got born again a couple of years back and has been practicing you know the things of the spirit and has matured in the things of the spirit and probably has attained you know that level of adulthood in the things of the spirit you are not less of a child of god than that person right so there are no classes of children of god so it does not mean that until you get to the childhood stage of maturity is when you become a child of god no all right if you get born again today you're a child of god even when you get to that level of maturity called the childhood stage you're still a child of god and even if you attain that level of adulthood you are still a child of god so um, the stages of maturity does not tamper with your place as a child of god Alright, you're not a child of God because you have grown more in the things of the Spirit. No, you're a child of God because you have believed in the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ and you have believed in His finished work and you have accepted Him as Lord and Savior. In fact, the Bible says that we are children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So you do not become a child of God because you have matured in the things of the Spirit. No, you become a child of God by faith in what Christ has done for you. However, even though you are a child of God, there is a need for you to mature so that you can enjoy the full benefits of what redemption provides for you. Let's look at a very interesting scripture before we go into this week's devotional in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 25. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 25. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 25 that being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you for your progress and joy of faith so it means that as a believer you can make progress it means that you can take further steps where your faith work is concerned apostle paul is writing here to the philippian church and then he says that i will abide with you for your progress and joy in the faith in the kjv the bible uses the quadrants it means you can mature from one level to another and you can enjoy the full benefits of salvation much more 
as you grow in the things of the spirit and i established this in last week's devotional so please if you've not listened to it again go back and listen to it it's going to bless you now in this week's devotional we're going to be looking at the three classes of men all right man broadly speaking belongs to three classes especially in a spiritual context man broadly speaking belongs to three classes let's pray father in the name of jesus i thank you because it is of your will that we learn of your ways through your word i ask that the breath of your spirit will come upon every word being uttered and that will be filled with the spirit and the life of your word and become doers of your word and not just hearers alone in jesus mighty name i pray amen and amen so in this week's devotional we're looking at the three classes of men within a spiritual context the first class of a man is the natural man number two is the carnal man and then the third is the spiritual man so we're going to be looking at these three classes in this week's devotional let's go into the word of god in first corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11 first corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11 the bible says for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him even so no one knows the things of god except the spirit of god i, I want us to start this with devotional based on the scripture now let's look at the scripture very closely the bible says that no man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man and then where it has to do with god no one knows the things of god except the spirit of god so you see two spirits at work here the spirit of a man and then the spirit that is of god this is very interesting the spirit of a man and the spirit of god all right so it means man is a spirit man has a spirit he has a soul and lives in a body man has a spirit or man is a spirit he has a soul and he lives in a body but you see that the real man actually is the spirit of the man what makes a man a man it's not just that he has a soul or he has a body but is that he has a spirit because the bible says that who knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man so there are things that the soul of a man cannot come into where the things of that man is concerned or there are things the body of a man cannot come into where that man is concerned but it will take the spirit of that man to come into those things so there are certain realities there are certain things about the humanity of man that can only be reviewed by the spirit of man which is why when we get born again there is a surgical process that takes place where our spirit man is recreated our spirit man is reborn in the similitude of the spirit of god in the similitude of the spirit of god hallelujah so i said that the three classes of men we have the natural man the carnal man and the spiritual man so every man has a spirit at work in him every man has a spirit at work in him that knows the deep things pertaining to that man every man has a spirit that knows the deep things pertaining to that man now if we continue in first corinthians chapter 2 and we look at verse 12 to verse 14 the bible says that we believers have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from god this is so powerful so verse 11 shows us you know two spirits the spirit of a man the spirit of god now verse 12 of first corinthians 2 now shows us two spirits again but now not the spirit of a man but the spirit of the world and the spirit who is from god now let's continue reading this verse again let me start from the beginning 
now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us of God. So it means that it takes the spirit of God to reveal the things that has been freely given to us of God. So if the spirit of God is revealing something to the spirit of man, remember I said that upon salvation, the spirit of man is reborn. The spirit of man is recreated in the similitude of the spirit of God. So it means that the spirit of man can now be joined to the spirit of God. The Bible says that he that is in Christ is one spirit with him. So our spirit man can now become the habitat for the Holy Spirit to dwell in. So this Holy Spirit can freely communicate things to our spirit man Why we are born again. Right? But if you look at this verse, still on 1 Corinthians 2, and verse 12 the bible says that there is a spirit called the spirit of the world so the spirit of the world is the spirit at work in unbelievers so even though the spirit of god is revealing things to the recreated spirit of the new creation the spirit of the world is also revealing certain things to the only recreated spirit of a man that is the spirit of man that is still in the fallen state. I believe that's clear. And so the spirit of the world is revealing something. And then the spirit of God also reveals something. This is very important. But what defines what is being revealed and received now depends on is that man born again? So if you're born again, your spirit man is reborn. And so your spirit man no longer receives from the spirit of the world, but your spirit man now receives directly from the spirit of God. So this is what I've been saying all through, that the spirit of an unbeliever receives from the spirit of the world. The spirit of the believer receives from the spirit of God. So it means that the spirit of a man does not act alone. Whether you're a born again man or whether you're not born again, you must understand that the spirit at work in you does not act alone. Now, I'm not referring to the spirit of the world or the spirit of God. I'm referring to the spirit of the man. Man is spirit. Man has a spirit. So I'm referring to that, that spirit, that spirit. There is a spirit in man, the inspiration of the Almighty, give him understanding. So that spirit at work in every man, whether you're a believer or you're an unbeliever, that spirit does not act alone. My spirit man does not act alone. Your spirit man does not act alone. But what now differentiates what our spirit man receives is whether we are born again or not. So for the born again guy, your spirit man will receive from the spirit of God. But for the guy who is not born again, your spirit man will receive from the spirit of the world. Now, this explanation is very key to what we're looking at today when we're discussing the three classes of men. Let's get into it. Let's look at the first one, which is the natural man. Who is the natural man? Now, if we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, the Bible describes the natural man and then the Bible says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. I think this is a very good definition of who a natural man is. The natural man is the unbeliever. The natural man is the man who is yet to be born again. The natural man is the man who is yet to receive the spirit of God. The natural man is the man who is yet to have his spirit man recreated or reborn. 
So the Bible says, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, that the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. It's not possible. An unbeliever cannot receive from the Spirit of God. No. In fact, the Bible makes us understand in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that no man can say Jesus is Lord except by the conviction that comes by the Holy Spirit. So it takes the Holy Spirit to convict a man unto salvation. Are you following what I'm saying? So the natural man is the unbeliever. The natural man is the man who is yet to have his spirit man reborn or recreated. The natural man cannot and does not receive from the Spirit of God. Why? Because the things of the Spirit don't make sense to him. Now, I'm sure for many of us, after we got born again, we probably had friends who were unbelievers, and most times they would look at the things that we are doing and they're like, why are you this zealous? Why are you this zealous about the things of God? Why are you going to church? Why are you carrying this thing on your head? You know, and then they are wondering and asking, why are you this zealous for the things of God? Why are you this passionate about church? and serving in the house of God. What 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 happened? I, I really don't understand. You know, this Jesus that you talk about, I really don't understand. You know, how can you say you are worshipping a God that you don't know? They would ask questions like, how can you say you are worshipping a God that you cannot see physically? You are praying to a God you cannot see physically. How can you say the Bible is the word of God, whereas to them it's just like a literature text? Are you understanding this thing? So for the natural man, the things of the spirit seems foolish. I mean, for an unbeliever, when they see a believer probably praying in tongues, they're wondering what's going on here. I'm so sure for many of us, before we got born again, when we saw people praying in tongues, we're like, are these people speaking magic? Are these people chanting stuff? Is this incantation going on? Right? So the unbeliever does not understand the things of the spirit because the Bible says still in this 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 that the things of the spirit are spiritually discerned. So it means that you have to have a new wiring. It's like a software. You need the software of the spirit to be installed in you for you to be able to understand the things of the spirit. It will take spirit to understand spirit. You cannot understand the things of the spirit with a spirit that is not recreated. You cannot understand the things of the spirit when your spirit is not reborn. Glory be to God. So the natural man, simply put, is an unbeliever. The natural man is an unbeliever. Let's look at two scriptures very quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. And then Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. And then we look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, the Bible talks about a certain kind of people, unbelievers actually, that the God of this age or the God of this world, who is the devil, has blinded their minds so that they will not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. The reason why an unbeliever struggles with understanding what the gospel represents or what the message of the gospel is all about is because the God of this world, the spirit of this world, has blinded their minds. Has blinded their minds. You've got to understand this. Now, on that scripture that also corroborates this is in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. The Bible says, wherein in time past you walked according to the curse of this world so the bible is referring to you know there was a time before we got born again we were living our lives in the manner of the world we we're living our lives according to what the world dictates for us to do 
you know, by what you see on the TV, by what you watch online, by what social media tells you to do, by the influence of peer groups. That was how we were living our lives before we got born again. But now the Bible says that that way in which you walked was in the past. The Bible says that there was an influence. Let's let's look at it again. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. It says, Wherein in time past you walked, that is, when you were not born again, when you were still a natural man, you walked according to the curse of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Can you see the influence here? So it means that for the natural man, for the unbeliever, there was an influence. Before we got born again, there was an influence that we were under. We were under what the Bible calls the prince of the power of the air. The Bible goes further in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2 to say that it is the spirit that works in the children of disobedience. So it is not just a mere thing that we were disobedient to God or that we were living our lives contrary to the will of God before getting born again. It was not because we just wanted to live our lives that way. No, there was a wiring that was in us. There was the influence of this spirit that the Bible calls the spirit of disobedience that was provoking disobedience in us, that was provoking rebellion against the gospel in us. It is called the spirit of disobedience. And this is what makes a natural man a natural man. So once again, who is a natural man? A natural man is an unbeliever. A natural man is one that is able to come under the influence of the spirit. A natural man is one who is able to understand the things of the spirit. A natural man is one who is yet to have his spirit man recreated. And a natural man is one who is yet to be born again. Number two, who is a carnal man? Now let's look at the second class of men, which is the carnal man. Now, if we look at Romans chapter 8 from verse 5 to verse 9, for the sake of context, we will see who a carnal man is. But before we look into that verse, let me just try to define who a carnal man is. Now, a carnal man is not necessarily an unbeliever. All right. Now, for the natural man or for the unbeliever, there is a heightened level of carnality at work in him. Alright, there is a heightened level of carnality at work in him. Now, what is carnality? Carnality means what is appeasing to the flesh. Alright, what is appeasing and appealing to the flesh? You know, the Bible says that there are three in this world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. This sums up the package of carnality. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's carnality. Alright, so... The carnal man is not necessarily just an unbeliever, even though every unbeliever is a carnal man, all right? But the carnal man does not just refer to an unbeliever because it is possible for you to be born again, yet still carnal. Because the realm of carnality is not necessarily a spirit thing. The realm of carnality has to do more with the soul and with the body. In fact, what we refer to as the flesh all through scriptures does not necessarily refer to the body, even though sometimes it refers to the body, but it's not in all cases that it means the body. Sometimes what the flesh means is the unrenewed mind. So in many cases in the Bible, when the Bible talks about that if you live according to the flesh, it's not talking about if you live according to the body. The body does not have a mind of its own. Rather, it is talking about the fact that if you live according to the unrenewed mind. So when we get born again, our spirit man, remember, our spirit man is reborn. Our spirit man is made to look in the similitude of the Holy Spirit. Our spirit man is made perfect, right? But you see, our mind needs to play catch up. And our body also needs to play catch up. So, for the carnal man, 
even though an unbeliever is a carnal man, it is possible for the believer to also be a carnal man. Why? Because his mind is yet to be renewed in consistency with his new identity in Christ as a new creation. So every new creation must come into the consciousness repeatedly that I am no longer living my life by the standards of the world but rather i'm living my life by the standard of god's word that's why the bible says in romans chapter 12 and verse 2 that we should be transformed by the renewing of, of our minds and we should no longer conform to the systems to the traditions to the character of the world so it means that it is possible for you to meet a believer today and then you're surprised that is this person actually a believer i'm sure we've all had experiences like that where you know we meet with people who say they are believers and we are wondering your character does not equate to what we expect of a believer the way you speak does not equate to what we expect of a believer the things you go for the things that you possess the kind of friends that you keep the kind of the kind of company that you keep the kind of places that you go to is not consistent with what the scripture describes a believer to be right so it is possible to be carnal yet born again it is possible for you to be carnal yet born again carnality means that rather than choosing the leadings of the spirit you would rather choose the leadings of the unrenewed mind it means that rather choosing to come rather choosing to totally surrender yourself to the authority of the spirit you would rather still choose to live according to the passion of the flesh remember again the flesh refers to the unrenewed mind that's carnality a carnal man is one who is subject to the dictates of the flesh and engages in sin regularly because such man is not aware of his new identity in christ is not aware of that new nature he has in christ he has not reckoned himself you know, to the understanding that i am no longer living my life by this standard i now live my life by another standard glory be to god so the carnal man is one whose deeds seem to be like that of a non-believer even though such a man can also be saved so it means that a believer and a non-believer can be a carnal man that is a natural man can be carnal that is a non-believer can be carnal and then a believer can also be carnal so we have carnal believers today is this a good thing is this what god wants definitely not Glory be to God. So I said we're going to read Romans chapter 8 from verse 5 to verse 9 as I explain a bit more on who a carnal man is. Now from verse 5 of Romans chapter 8, the Bible says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. So remember I already explained that when we talk about the flesh, we are talking about the unrenewed mind. That is, you know, the, the state of the mind that still conforms to the word, that still conforms to the way we used to live our lives before Christ. So you used to tell lies before you became born again. You used to smoke before you became born again. You used to drink. You used to womanize. You know, you used to dip yourself into certain addictive habits which were lustful and all of those things before you became born again. The Bible makes us understand that a believer who still lives his life according to the flesh, there is a simple reason. It is because he has set his mind on the things of the flesh. He has set his mind still on those things that he used to do before he became born again. His mind is not renewed. The mind is yet to catch up with his new identity in Christ, with his new nature in Christ. Let's continue our study of Romans chapter 8. So the Bible says that if you live according to the flesh, 
it means that you have set your mind on things of the flesh. But the Bible then gives another description of a certain kind of people. The Bible says, but those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit. I'm going to come to this a bit more when I'm talking about the spiritual man. Because this is the definition of a spiritual man. A spiritual man is one who lives according to the spirit and sets his mind on the things of the spirit. So it means we can set our minds. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul. It means he was putting his soul in check. He was commanding his soul. So many times for us as believers, the struggle really is that when our mind begins to wander and those thoughts begins to creep in, we give in to those thoughts rather than contradicting those thoughts with what the word of God has said. So the Bible says that those who live according to the spirit, all right, set their minds on the things of the spirit. And then the Bible now goes further to say that to be carnally minded is death. So the end point of carnality is death. If you are a man that is born again, but you still choose to live in carnality, you will experience spiritual death. And spiritual death will start from, you will no longer bask in the joy of salvation. You will no longer enjoy the realities that Christ has provided for you in salvation as you ought to. And eventually you might be cut off. So carnality is not something for us to dwell in. It's not something for us to make an excuse for. The Bible says to be carnally minded is death. So each time carnal desires spring up in our hearts as believers, we must always remember that to be carnally minded is death. Then the Bible says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Why would we not choose life and peace and rather choose death? Does it make any sense? Let's continue our reading. The Bible says because the carnal mind is enmity against God. So a man that chooses carnality, whether you're a believer or not, you are living your life in enmity against God. Of course, the unbeliever is an enemy to God. Even though God wants him to be born again, God wants him to be saved, God wants to reconcile him back to himself, all right? But as far as the unbeliever continues in carnality and continues to live under the power of the spirit of disobedience, he's living his life in, in enmity against God. Yeah. And so even the believer that is born again, filled with the Holy Ghost and all of that, if you still choose to live your life in carnality, you are living your life even though you are saved, but you are still living your life as an enemy to God. Let's continue. The Bible says, So then, those who are in the flesh, that is, those who still live in carnality, cannot please God. Definitely the unbeliever cannot please God. And also the believer who still chooses to live in the flesh, who still chooses to live in the unrenewed state of the mind, cannot please God. But now the Bible says, you are not in the flesh. So I love the way Apostle Paul writes his letters because even after showing the disclaimers, it reminds us of our identity and the nature that we have now received as born-again men. He says, you are not in the flesh but you are in the spirit. This is how you must always define yourself. That every time those carnal thoughts, those lustful desires spring up in your heart, you must always confess the word of God. You must always remind yourself of what God's word says, that I no longer live in the flesh. I no longer live in the flesh. I no longer live in carnality. I live in the spirit. I live in the spirit. I live in the spirit. No wonder Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. He said, I am crucified with Christ. 
you know when he wrote that scripture many people have felt probably he was living in third heavens but you see a majority of the letters of apostle paul were written from the prison so it means he was suffering he was in a state of uh, of, of turmoil he was, he was things weren't going the best but he was more conscious of his identity in christ so even when those thoughts begin to creep in even when those desires begin to set in it does not make you less of a believer rather you don't give in to those thoughts but you remind yourself of who you are in christ that i am not in the flesh i do not live my life in this unrenewed state of the mind back to galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 i am crucified with christ i have been crucified with christ yet i live but not i that is the version of you that used to live in the flesh has been crucified to the cross the version of you that lived in the flesh is no longer existent it's no longer existent that's what Apostle Paul said but not I but Christ lives in me and this life I live in the mortal body I live by the faith of the Son of God do you see so this is how we must live our lives in the faith of the Son of God what is the faith of the Son of God it means that we put ourselves into the consciousness of who Christ has made us to become that is Christ has made us to become new creations so I set my mind into that consciousness Christ has made me to become the righteousness of God in him I set my mind to that consciousness this is how we win the battle against carnality this is how we walk in victory experientially over carnality that we remind ourselves and we remember who Christ has defined us to be. This will lead me to the third class of a man that is the spiritual man. I already defined this earlier on from Romans chapter 8 and verse 5 that the spiritual man is one that lives according to the spirit because he sets his mind on the things of the spirit. He lives according to the spirit because he sets his mind on the things of the spirit. You know, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 that let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. So you see, even though we have the mind of Christ, for the mind of Christ to find expression, we have to allow the mind of Christ to find expression. That's why the Bible says in Philippians 2 5 that I read earlier on that let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. So there is no, there is no, there is no argument against, oh, do you have the mind of Christ or not? Yes, you have the mind of Christ. But you see, you must permit the mind of Christ to find expression in you. So every time the unrenewed mind tries to show up with its desires and its lustful passions and all of those things, you must always put it in check and rather come back into the consciousness of the mind of Christ that you have. So a spiritual man is born again. Alright, he has received the Spirit of God and then his spirit is in constant fellowship with God and a spiritual man lives his life perpetually under the influence of the Spirit of God. So the spiritual man has the Spirit of God, the spiritual man is born again, the spiritual man is led by the Spirit and then lives his life perpetually under the influence of the Spirit of God. Do you see this now? In Ephesians chapter 4, and verse 24 the bible makes us understand that we should put on the new man which was created according to god in true righteousness and holiness so even though god has created us to be the righteousness of god in christ god has created us to be a new man the bible says we must put on that new man to put on means to come into the consciousness to put on means to awaken that identity it means to awaken that consciousness of who you are in christ 
and then corroborating this scripture in Ephesians 4 and verse 24 is Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10, the Bible says that we must also put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So we must always remember that there is a way God defines us. There is a way God defines us in Christ Jesus. There is a way God looks at, looks at us in Christ Jesus. We must also look at ourselves that way. If we are going to live our lives as spiritual men, if we are going to live our, our lives as spiritual men, then it means that we must always stay conscious of our spiritual reality. We must always stay conscious of our spiritual identity. We must always stay conscious of our spiritual authority. We must always stay conscious of our spiritual location. The Bible says we have been made to sit with Christ at the right hand of God in heavenly places far above principalities and powers. So we must be conscious of our identity in the spirit, we must be conscious of our spiritual realities, we must be conscious of our spiritual authority, and we must be conscious of our spiritual location. Glory be to God. We must put on that consciousness that I'm a new man. I'm a new man in Christ Jesus. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. You see, every day you must always remind yourself, I'm a spirit-led man. I'm led by the spirit. I'm spiritual. I'm spiritual. It's not spooky. It's not something you should be scared to say. It's not something you should be scared to confess. Rather, it's something that should give you joy because the Bible says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So it means if I want to enjoy life and peace, I've received this life of God, yes, but if I want to enjoy the fullness of the life of God that I've received here on earth, it means I must be spiritually minded. It means I must live my life as a spiritual man. So let's just stop on that, on the spiritual man, all right? So the natural man is the unbeliever. He does not have the spirit of God. He's not born again. He's not responsive to the things of the spirit. The things of the spirit don't make sense to him. They are foolishness to him. The carnal man, all right, the unbeliever is a carnal man, but also the believer has the ability, even though he's born again, to still live in carnality, even though it ought not to be so. And then the spiritual man is a believer, is born again, is full of the Holy Ghost, is led by the spirit, and then it lives perpetually under the influence of the spirit and then the spiritual man is one who is mindful of the things of the spirit who is spiritually minded who gives into the things of the spirit who chooses the way of the spirit every time far above the way of the unrenewed mind and walks in consistent victory where life in the spirit is concerned i hope this week's devotional blessed you greatly please try to share this with someone and let it bless them as well even as we continually grow in intimacy with the lord Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. I ask, O oh God, that there will be better understanding of these things and that, Lord, you desire for us to be more spiritual, to be spiritual men and to even grow more in the things of the Spirit. I pray, O oh God, that there will be a fresh quickening upon the hearts of everyone that listens to this devotional and that would drive us, you know, to be more spiritual, that would drive us and will inspire in us deeper level of hunger for the things of the Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. See you next week. Just in case you're yet to follow us on social media, you can do so at Exodus Global underscore on Instagram, at the Exodus Global on Facebook, and Exodus underscore Global on Telegram. For questions, counseling, and further inquiries, kindly send us a mail via the Exodus Global at gmail.com. We love and celebrate you. God bless you. 